Hi everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Bite Size Technology, where we'll help educate and hopefully entertain you on all things IT. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size podcast. I'm Chris College, one of the cloud solutions specialists at Bytes. I'm joined today by Tom Hickling. He's an Azure program manager for Azure Virtual Desktop at Microsoft. Tom, why don't you introduce yourself, give us a quick insight into what that means and what your day-to-day -day looks like. Yeah, uh, so thanks for having me, starters. Um, yeah, so I'm a program manager in AVD Engineering, um, and my role and my team is it's quite a small team, but we look after some of our largest customers or most interesting customers. They might have some unique use cases and scenarios, um, and we help them to deploy AVD, and in that process, get their feedback about the product around things it does well, things that it doesn't do well, areas that could be improved, features that are missing, um, and then we work through with the feature PMs for the product to turn those requests uh, into products in, inside of the overall um, AVD set of capabilities. So it's about seeing through customer requests for our product uh, through the entire life cycle to making them into the end product. Perfect. So, so you're engaged with customers day in, day out, trying to improve AVD, make AVD the best product as possible, essentially. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Azure Virtual Desktop or AVD. Uh, we'll run through some of the key points to AVD, uh, how it's helping businesses. Maybe you can talk about some of the insights that you've got from some of the customer challenges that you've been working on in the space that you work in. Uh, and then uh, talk about some of the recent announcements that's happened at Microsoft Inspire and around that as well. Um, I think the biggest announcement from me is obviously the last time we spoke, Tom, Azure Virtual Desktop was actually Windows Virtual Desktop. I th think yep. the biggest question on my mind is you've probably had a load of business cards, T-shirts, collateral with, uh, with Windows Virtual Desktop or WVD on. How long did it take to, uh, to get all of those changed? Or are you still in the process of getting a few hoodies from Microsoft? Um, we ha I haven't had any new swag come through, but my Windows Virtual Desktop hats, T-shirts, mugs, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, well, the T-shirts are now being used for decorating the next time that comes around. Um, so, yeah, we're just waiting for all the updates. There was, to be fair, there was a massive piece of work to update Windows to Azure in all of our documentation and W and WVD through to AVD. Um, so that's that's taken some time. Um, lots of community groups out there have also had to make those those similar changes. So I think we're kind of done. I think most of our documentation has all been updated now. So you go to our portal and uh, and documentation sites; they all now correctly reference Azure Virtual Desktop. Perfect. So I'm, joking aside, is it is it more of a rebrand for Microsoft, or do you want to talk about some of the key technical changes that have taken place? Yeah, so um, I, so this name change has really come about to reflect that it's more than just a virtual desktop solution. So um, I suppose to, to go back, I don't know, 20 odd years, we've had this capability of virtual desktops from the days of NT with terminal services, RDS, etc. We had this remote app capability in Azure going back, I don't know, eight or so years which was our first foray into running this inside of Azure. Um, and then Windows Virtual Desktop be 
became that slightly more mature product about delivering virtual desktops from, from the cloud, from Azure. Um, and at that time, it was really just virtual desktops being delivered from the cloud and being orchestrated through our management plane in the cloud. It's, it's grown beyond that, however. Azure is, is not just the equivalent of a hypervisor. It's an entire data center in the cloud with every type of IT service that you could possibly want, need, imagine. And that's going to continue to grow. So we've got I know many thousands of developers churning out functionality in the Azure platform alone. And we've got hundreds of thousands of partners dropping in their products in, into our marketplace. Now, some of those are relevant to a virtual desktop workload. Um, so we've got this capability of sort of cross-pollinating the virtual desktop service that we've all sort of known and loved, but it's quite um, singular, let's say. It's, it's a boxed solution. There's a user that connects to a virtual machine and consumes some apps. Um, but we've got lots of services in Azure that could enhance that capability. So monitoring, um, we've got things like IoT services, which understand lots of devices out there. Now that could be cars, car parks, security barriers, whatever buildings for that matter. And we could all we can make decisions and actions based upon now. I'm not saying that's necessarily coming to AVD in the short term, but that's the type of capability that we want to include into a virtual desktop solution. Um, <clears throat> what is happening in this space in this space in the short term is more integration with the obvious capabilities that add value. So the, the prime example of that is Azure Active Directory, which is our you know, identity provider in the cloud. It's the modern mechanism for user authentication and all that kind of good stuff. We are now trying to, or not trying, we are moving more functionality into Azure AD and sort of over time we'll be deprecating sort of a legacy um, authentication, which is just via traditional Active Directory. So I think it was, it's really designed just to um, incorporate more cloud-based approaches and actual cloud or Azure functionality into a platform and let that continue to grow over the next weeks, months, years, decades. That's a really good overview. I guess, uh, you know, to, uh, to summarize the conversations that I'm having around Azure Virtual Desktop, it's transformed very much from a conversation around just doing the same thing somewhere else into actually, yep. you know, doing something different and, and, and sort of modernizing business and, and building solutions. So it's gone from, you know, fixing a problem that an organization had, i.e. they need to provide virtual desktop infrastructure to their end users um, into a conversation around, you know, how can we actually build solutions out with this and how can we develop solutions using this platform? And, you know, what is the art of the possible when it comes to doing this? And there were, there were limitations before with Windows Virtual Desktop, that, um, that Active yeah. Directory piece being one of the main things. So obviously, um, few, few announcements. You've just mentioned it, uh, Azure AD Join that solves some challenges around integrating with the rest of the Azure ecosystem. Um, another couple of notable announcements that I spotted at Microsoft Inspire, uh, and I know we spoke about it already, but uh, app streaming and remote app as a service uh, is something that is, is, is that in public preview still, or has that been released yet? Um, I think, yeah, no, we've gone GA, we went GA at, um, at Inspire. Um, I think that, 
to be fair, the terminology is slightly confusing here. This isn't actually anything new in, in terms of technology. This is actually a, a licensing vehicle that we've created to make it easier for software vendors out there to be able to present their applications on top of AVD to their customers. So they're not Microsoft customers directly, or, or they're not necessarily within this relationship, but they are definitely customers of our customer. So they want a, a much easier, simpler um, mechanism to present that application. So what we're introducing is this effectively a, um, a per user per month charge for the usage of both remote app as well as full published desktops, if, if that's an option for the customer. But but we really see the use case here is that you've got a software vendor, they've got a handful of applications, they present out to their tens, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers. This is how you say, well, it's going say, this is how they say to their customer, it's going to cost you X pounds per month because we're only charging the software vendor why pounds per month basically yeah i think that's a really valuable conversation because obviously it, it it takes the conversation a little bit away from the it team trying to come up with complex cost models for how much these things are costing them i know one of the challenges that we get quite often with the isvs that we work with is how much does this solution cost us for the amount of users that are using it can we t-shirt size things can we you know can we productize things and it almost goes into then the um the sales and operations department to work out how much you know how much they want to resell their product for so i think that's going to be really valuable and something that you know solves a key challenge when you sort of try and bring the whole business involved in in some of these conversations around delivering solutions through avd yep perfect so um in terms of the the, the rest of the announcements that's happened uh, i would be amiss if i didn't mention one of the key announcements which was windows 365 um which was announced i think it was last wednesday wasn't it um yes that's right, so that yeah. sits on top of the azure virtual desktop platform but there's some key differences in how it's delivered right yeah, so I suppose if we just first of all talk about the similarities. So you're right, it, it sits on top of AVD. So AVD is effectively the control plane um, and the orchestrator that connects users through to their virtual machine. So that effectively stays the same. Users will connect in the same mechanism. They will be using the same clients that we've created for AVD, so the Windows, Mac, iOS, all of that kind of stuff, um, as well as the web client, although the web client has had a much more consumer-based sort of refresh. So the, the Windows 365 portal look, does look much, much better from a user perspective in terms of how you consume um, the virtual desktop. The key difference is that this is really designed for customers that want a fixed known price per user per month. So AVD, just for those that perhaps weren't aware, is a full consumption um, mechanism. So you only pay for what you consume. So if you have a hundred VMs and you power them off over the weekend, we stop charging you for the compute element of those virtual machines. Uh, if you go and destroy the infrastructure, obviously we stop charging you. With Cloud PC, you will be, or the customer will be charged a flat fee 
for that particular SKU, and there's there's 12 of them, um, you'll be charged that flat fee per user per month. So an organization will know exactly how much this is going to cost them going forward because they'll just multiply the number of users by the price of that particular SKU. Um, so it, for organizations that do have a requirement for knowing fixed prices, then that's great. For, for organizations that perhaps want to take advantage of the ability to power off and save costs, then, then AVD might be um, the better approach. Um, the other thing is, I suppose, what, what actually, what's the use case here? So the name suggests what it is really. So it's a PC in the cloud which is very slightly different. In fact, you could argue it's significantly diff different from AVD. AVD is all about virtual desktop. It's, it's taking that legacy um, virtual desktop solution that we've that we just mentioned um, that's gone back to days of NT and modernizing it by moving it into Azure and all of the greatness that comes along with that. Um, Cloud PC is about a user needs a, a PC but rather than buying a, a physical device, they can then have access to a PC that's located in Azure. So the, the virtual machines, again, are, are identical. We, we, um, Cloud PC and AVD are both customers effectively of our Azure compute service. The difference there is um, AVD has access to all VMs in all regions. Cloud PC has a limited, like I said, 12 SKUs in a reduced number of regions at this point, and it, it will grow over time. Um, but it's really about how do you get a PC to a user? So it is really not for organizations that have, and when I say it's not, I'm not saying that's a definitive, you know, every customer out there might have lots of both of these all mixed together. But it's really, the way I refer to it is VDI without the I. So it's virtual desktop without all of the infrastructure. So organizations that don't have lots and lots of IT skills or have any IT skills, but need to get PCs to their users, this is the ideal solution for, for that. Perfect, thanks for that, Tom. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose that helps cement it in my brain as well. Obviously, you know, there is a sweet spot for, for W365 um, versus, versus AVD. And I think a lot of organizations are, are probably gonna be looking at how they streamline that function and not have to worry about so many things. Obviously, AVD, great step in the right direction to not worrying about as many things when it comes to VDI infrastructure, but to just take that back a layer again, just helps there, may, might help free up some of their IT team's time to do other things rather than yeah. rather than managing the machines behind it, rather than, yeah. rather than uh, configuring you know, on-demand VMs and, and, and scale up, scale down and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing to remember is there is not one perfect form factor or device out there for every user or else we'd all be using that. So there's organizations that have physical desktop machines, lots of laptops. Um, they have an existing virtual desktop solution. This is just another um, capability, essentially. So there will be organizations that may over time have all, all capabilities. So they might have well, they will have physical devices and there will be a team of people that manage that. That team might might possibly be the same team that would then consider cloud PC because it is still just a PC. The difference is the location has changed. Some of the management around it might have changed. Some of it might be exactly the same. 
Um, AVD typically would be those VDI experts that have built their entire career. You know, we know lots of them. I'm one of those. There's, there's thousands of people out there whose careers have been built on VMware, Citrix and, and Microsoft technologies. That's, that's, I suppose, firmly where the AVD sort of product sits. But there, you know, there's lots of overlaps. Like I said, there'll be organizations that will be seriously considering having both sort of side by side in their organization to meet those different requirements that they have inside of their business. Yeah, that echoes the sentiment that we're seeing with a lot of our customers across the board at Bytes. Um, we're spending a lot of time, you know, building business cases for things like data center migrations. And quite often what we come across is people do have legacy investments in, in, in both licensing, skills, um, and, and just the, the personnel that they've got to run these VDI environments, be that, you know, uh, native VDI or be that through a, a Citrix or VMware Horizons and things like that. And that's where, you know, AVD is playing into a lot of those conversations because it allows a, a good solution to migrate to without having to actually undergo too much business transformation to be able to achieve it. And, and quite often the commercials around that factor into the business case that we produce um but conversely to that we we do work with a lot of isvs uh, and we do work with a lot of solutions providers who who need a cloud desktop they don't have legacy investments and they need to be able to to work with something and you know they don't want to worry about it they don't want to worry about setting yeah. it up and configuring it and then managing it on the back end um and so w365 was a really exciting announcement that we saw uh, to help deliver solutions for our customers um Cool. VM Start on Demand obviously is a really key bit of technology to help AVD before people would have to configure um, procedures to, to, to get things to start and stop and, and switch off. But obviously VM Start on Demand now allows the user to log on, the virtual machine on the back end starts, and so you're not paying for it when they're not using it. Is that right? Yeah, that is spot on. Besides the fact it's called Start VM on Connect, but <laughs> Demand <laughs> essentially means exactly the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it, it was designed specifically around giving the end user the capability to power on their VM at the exact point that they needed it. So prior to this, IT would have to predict when the users would need the VM. So they would probably start the VMs at 8.30 for a nine o'clock start. So there's already half an hour of Azure usage charges um, that have to be paid, even if the user doesn't start until nine. And that's, that's made worse if the users start at 10 or have a half day and they didn't necessarily inform IT of their half day or they're on a holiday, all of these kinds of things. Um, it, it, that, that would have accrued Azure usage charges whilst the VMs are not being connected to. So, and, and the reverse is also true. If the user was to start early, say they were having, they started at seven in the morning and the VM's not powered on and they don't have the ability to power on, that's an hour or whatever it might be, two hours of time that they're being unproductive, which would probably result in a support call, more cost, more time, more hassle. So it, now the user can go to the AVD clients and just click on their icon. If the VM is deallocated or, or powered off, the client will make a call into Azure Compute to go and power on that VM. It will sit there for a few minutes. There'll be a progress bar so the user knows what's going on. As soon as that VM is ready to accept a connection, the client will then connect to it. So they've only got to sit there three, four, five minutes, whatever it might be. Um, until they connect. So that's that's great. That should be going GA in the coming weeks. So it's been in preview for some time. There's lots of customers that have tested it. It's pretty robust. So we're looking forward to that going GA. Now that on its own 
doesn't do the reverse, i.e. the deallocation of these VMs. So we do have some tools for that. There's some native Azure tooling that's been around for, for years that customers could use. We also do have an AVD specific auto scaling tool. It's not particularly robust and it's not, well, it is robust, but it's not part of the AVD portal. So it's something else, somewhere else in the portal the customers have to go to to go and configure this. What we're currently developing is a AVD native auto scaling service which is currently in private preview. And this will provide the full, rich, robust um, auto-scaling schedules that you can apply across different host pools to provide the auto-scaling, including the powering down of these VMs at certain thresholds, certain times, certain days, so that the reverse is also true, that as soon as users don't need those VMs, then they can be deallocated. And thus, the cost savings overall can be maximized at both ends of sort of the workday, effectively. Perfect. So if I'm if I'm a uh, a budgetary holder for the uh, for the solution, I know that there's not going to be VMs running all the time uh, that aren't being used. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I suppose to go back to the original point, this is the power that Azure brings to the virtual desktop workload. Like this has never been possible before. Whilst technically it might have been possible if you were running, you know hypervisors at scale on premises, there's no cost savings to powering off these virtual machines unless you were somehow to go and sort of consolidate all running VMs onto a small number of hosts and then power them off. But all you're saving there is some electricity charges. But in Azure, as soon as you power these VMs off, that entire compute cost stops or the, the charge for that compute cost stops. So those budgetary holders now have this capability to say, well, let's, let's, um, let's maximize the cost savings that we can pass back to the business by saying, well, we're going to run this hot and we're going to maximize the time that these are off by using all of these tooling. So that's, I suppose that's just an example of what the name change has brought about. It's, it's now Azure that's the underlying fabric, the platform, the horsepower that's providing um the service and the services and capabilities that add value to what is still just a virtual desktop, essentially. Yeah, and I think that's that's the cloud native way of doing things, right? That is the, the, the way to do things in the cloud is, you know, not to just set and forget, spin things up and then just leave it running because it works. It's to always try and look at ways of improving things and not wasting where you can. Um, so that's yeah. that's something that we chat about with our customers all the time is don't just put something there and leave it and leave it on just because it works and wait for someone to get a bill try and always continually improve that and try and not you know waste waste your budget where you don't have to yeah yeah exactly perfect so are there any new exciting releases whilst i've got you on a on a call that you can let us know about early on or or do you have to keep your cards close to your chest nowadays um but there's lots of things coming that haven't or can't be shared what i would say is there is um there's a massive roadmap and pipeline of uh, new capabilities that are committed. So we have developers developing them now that should see the light today over the coming months and years. Um, Azure Active Directory is one of those. That, that's actually got a long lead time in terms of the overall set of capabilities. They've been sort of bundled up into a number of phases. We're in phase one. Um, there will be additional phases for that capability, which will bring a whole host of new capabilities around the identity story. 
Um, <clears throat> what I would say is keep an eye out on our roadmap and, you know, people that tweet all of these kinds of things when they're available, because um, there will be lots and lots of capabilities coming. Um, perhaps the, the one thing that we have announced is that we will be supporting Windows 11. So that separately got a whole load of visibility. Um, how long ago? That was probably three weeks back, wasn't it, or so? Um, and there was a lot of interest, lots of people signing up for the insider builds. And when that goes GA, um, we expect there to be a lot of adoption of that. Um, and, and we will then have support for Windows 11 inside of ABD as you would naturally expect us to. And that shouldn't be too long after support for Windows 11 just goes GA all up. So you will then be able to enable Windows 11 VMs inside of AVD to your end customers or partners, whatever it might be. Very exciting times indeed. Well, that's it for the podcast today. Tom, I can't express how thankful I am for you joining us this morning. I know you're a very busy man. If you are interested in talking about Azure Virtual Desktop, Windows 365, or any of the things that we've spoken about here today, Bytes can help you do that. We can help with uh, just talking about it, implementing it for you, some of our services around that as well. So just reach out to us uh, and we'd be happy to have a chat. But apart from that, thank you very much uh, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Bite Size Technology. Please do watch out for our next session coming soon.